Welcome to episode 31 of the bonus series of the Geared for Growth Property Investing Podcast, where we talk to the experts and get them to share their top tips on how to achieve exceptional results in property investing. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock, and I'm excited to be sharing the time with you. If you love the podcast, click on the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. In previous episodes, we've talked about the why, when, and where to buy. Today's topic is where the rubber hits the road and all your due diligence comes into play. Bidding an auction can be a daunting experience, even for the most astute investor. You've done your homework, sorted your finance, and now it's time to land the deal. So how do you get past those nerves and make sure you come out in front? One person who knows all about the auction process is today's guest, Jay Anderson. This is Jay's third time on the podcast and I'm excited to have him back again. As a qualified property investment advisor and buyer's agent, Jay has a ton of experience not only buying for himself, but also on behalf of his clients. And he joins us today to share his tips, tricks and strategies to winning at auction. Welcome back, Jay. Jay Anderson, thanks for joining me back on the Geared for Growth Property Investing Podcast. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. This is your third time, three times a charm, uh, which is maybe appropriate because episode, uh, your first episode, which was episode 50, definitely go back and listen, but it was an absolute audio disaster. I got some iTunes hate mail uh, from that, but the content was great. And I think a few people actually got in contact with you and you got some business out of it. So that's, that's something, right? Yep, yep, definitely. Uh, and then we also did uh, a webinar, which we, uh, which was an intro into commercial property, which we also put on the podcast um, as well. So that's uh, an on-demand webinar, uh, Commercial Property 101. If you want that, uh, reach out to me and I'll send you a copy. Otherwise, the audio is episode 89. But you're back today as part of our special series, The Property Investing Journey from Start to Finish. And we're zeroing in on auctions. So typically, auction bidding, your tip, tricks and strategies on how to bid at auction so i'll hand it over to you all right well um yeah so bidding at auction especially in the the i guess the the boom that we've seen across australia um auction numbers are are, you know going into the end of last year at an all-time high yeah majority of properties were going to auction so um because no one knows the price right because well yeah it's so crazy the market and, and I remember speaking to quite a lot of agents at the beginning of, uh, you know, kind of last year and through to the, through to Christmas. And they were saying, well, you're crazy not to send it to auction because who knows what someone's willing to pay. Yeah. A lot of the time it's a lot more than we, what we actually think. So, you know, that's why so many properties were going to auction, but yeah, auctions, a, a fascinating thing. I, um, I, I love auctions. It's, 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 if I could do auctions every day, I would, I, I get so much enjoyment out of them. There's so much, they're so predictable in some terms and, and crazy in others. But I think to be successful at bidding at auction, um, number one, there's no strategy or trick that can guarantee that you will always secure a property, uh, property at auction. At the end of the day, whoever's got the greatest emotional connection coupled with the biggest access to funds mm. Is, is going to buy it. But but when you're in a situation where you've got a number of different buyers, maybe with similar budgets or, or whatever it is, then, um, you know, little tricks and strategies you can implement can certainly um, give you an advantage. So um, when it comes to that, I've heard people say, you always want to be the first bidder because there's some magic around that or, you know, like 
you always want to be the last bidder seems a little bit more obvious. But you're saying there, there's manipulations that you can do, but there's not really any sort of hard and fast tricks like always do the first one or, you know, go up in twos or tens or hundreds or whatever. No, and I guess a, a good example of that is in, in, in a number of auctions I've been the first bidder or in times I haven't done a bid until the very end and we've, and we've secured it. So there's no hard and fast rule. Um, I think you need to play it by ear and, and, and assess the situation as it's unfolding. I always try and I want to be the one controlling the tempo and the speed of the auction. So um, if we get into a situation where, like we see most auctions and they do the uh, standard minute of silence at the beginning of an auction where no one wants to put a bid, yep. um, you know, we, we might kick things off. But if the bidding is hard, fast and aggressive, we don't want to get involved in that. We, we want to sit back. Yep. So if people are going in big increments and it's going really fast, I want to slow it down. If other bidders are slowing it down, I want to speed things up. I want to be controlling the tempo mm. rather than either the auctioneer or, or the other bidders. Um, before, I always try and get to an auction early and watch who's coming, what they look like, what they're wearing. Once they're registered, I make little notes on, you know, well, Mike in the pink hat over there is, you know, looks like he's pretty interested. I saw him at two of the open inspections. He's standing over there. I need to watch him, you know, make some little notes so I know where everyone's going to be and so I can start looking. I can tell you now, if I'm wearing a pink hat, you better keep a very close eye on me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And there's typically three different types of bidders. Um, So there's the the high roller, um, which tends to, you know, pull up, park their car right out the front of the auction, try and put on a bit of show, a bit of intimidation. Everyone knows they're there. Um, Typically they come out hard and fast, big bidding increments. Um, The risk for them is sometimes they can uh, burn out too early, Mm. open up hard and fast, they burn themselves out. The other one is the what, what I call the waiter, which is the, the slow and steady bidder. Yep. Um, usually you don't hear anything from them until the end and then they creep in um, and start doing some, some little increments, uh, but they don't seem to go away. And uh, typically that they can be in there right till the end. Yep. And then the third one is the, uh, the newbie, where they're the, the nervous ones that are uh, not sure and they're typically being guided by the agent um, or encouraged by the auctioneer. Um, That's a dangerous. Quite, yeah, and dangerous they can be quite thing. hard to read, the, the newbies, because there's tends to be some, some random bids, random amounts, and you don't really know where they're at. Um, so that can create a bit of conf- confusion. But, yeah, so once I, once I pick um, who the registered bidders are, I try and put a bit of profile on them to kind of which category they're going to fall in. And then that helps with bidding strategy once I once I start um, implementing bidding. And getting on to bidding, you, you talked a little bit before about wanting to be in control and that might mean speeding it up or slowing it down. Are we talking about the pace or the rate of price uh, increments or, or both? And how would you do it? Both. So um, if there are five bidders bidding at it one after another, don't want to get involved. Um, I, I'll wait until I see a, I guess, a pause in the bidding 
and seeing an opportunity and then I'll come in. If the bidding increments are at, have slowed down to $5,000 increments from $10,000 increments, typically I'll maybe want to increase it to say $15,000 increments. I want to make everybody else feel uncomfortable rather than feeling comfortable. Um, so I want to be setting the pace and controlling the momentum um, of, of the bidding. Um, you want it to feel sort of like a foregone conclusion then, I guess. you like the way that you are swaggering is like this guy's going to get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, um, and in the bidding increments as well, I, to the frustration of many auctioneers, I like to use, um, I guess, interesting or, or, or different bidding increments. So rather than going in five, ten, or fifteen thousand or twenty thousand dollar increments, if I do a bid at seventeen thousand and then my next bid at twenty four thousand, it's not only hard for the auctioneer to keep up uh, where the bidding is at, but it also is for the other bidders as well. Yeah. So that that's a good uh, little trick to slow the pace of an auction down. And and um, and you might I know you're a clever bloke, but you might not necessarily be a, a maths prodigy, but your your experience in doing that over and over again, you're doing the numbers very quickly, but if there are people in the audience going, oh, he did 17 and I figured that one, this one's 24, so, you know, carry the one, you know, like, where, where are we at? Is, is it you wanting them to feel a little bit lost and behind? The Give for Growth Property Investing Podcast is presented by our business, MCG Quantity Surveyors. If you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximise their claims and maximise their property education as well. Yeah, so a lot of the time with the, with the bidding with with other bidders is they don't bid in I guess the dollar increment they do it in the the, the I guess the price of the property. So right. If it's 900 if I do a $17,000 increment which increases the price to 997,000 typically the other bidders won't say oh 5,000 more or 10,000 more they'll say a number like oh let's go to a million. Yeah. And when it's happening like that, it can very quickly, uh, I guess, take the control away from the auctioneer where he was in $10,000 increments to yep. all of a sudden he's accepting a, a four or a $3,000 bid from yep. somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So uh, slowing it down, you might adjust your increments, but will you also say um, if, the, if, you, if it's going back and forth, you might actually take your time and sit there and um and ah just to drag it out? Yeah, yeah, even, you know, doing the fake phone call or something like that, um, walking off, needing to speak to my client. If I think things are moving too fast, I can slow things right down by doing something like that. Um, or on the flip side, um, where I want to take control and I can see that the other bidders that I'm against are doing some of the telltale signs like they're uh, reaching the limit. Yep. So one of those telltale signs is if it's a if it's a couple. Um, typically, I always find at auctions everybody feels they need to put this face on, like they're bored and they don't want to be there. It's the arms crossed. It's not yep. showing any emotion. Yeah. Um, they don't really look at each other or talk to each other. But once a, a couple is reaching their their limit, 
typically one will look at the other or they'll have a little whisper or something like that. And that's yeah. normally where they're having that conversation about uh, just 5,000 more or 10,000 more. Yep. In term, when situations like that happen, I know what my client's ceiling is, what their budget is, and yep. that's probably when we'll start going quite aggressive. Yeah, because I guess sometimes if they're emotionally invested, they might be sort of whispering like, mum will give us another five, like, <laughs> yeah. let's go yeah. again. And you kind of know, all right, we're getting close, right? You can sell your you can sell your bike or we yeah. can, you know <laughs> not, not the bike. <laughs> not the bike. Motorbike uh, you'd sell, not a push bike. But even 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 things that, you know, when you know they're getting close to the limit and they've taken some time thinking about it and then they do that five thousand dollar bid or thousand dollar bid before they've even finished saying the words, coming over the top, yep. you know, with a stronger bid can be quite quite intimidating dominating them i suppose what about are, are there times where you, you you mentioned in in the open sometimes you haven't necessarily got the budget and you feel like okay well this this could get out of hand uh, but there's there's tips and tricks where you can go um manipulate the things like you can't obviously if you're getting close to the end you can't go another 50 grand if yeah. you know it's getting tight what can you do to try and save it with with what you think might be too little of a budget on the day yeah and i guess that's a very good question and to give you an example of that um a recent property we bought for some um, first home buyers at the uh at the auction i could see that all the other registered bidders were first home buyers young knew there were going to be some nerves around there. I felt that the um, the price guide that was being quoted was well under where yep. the property will end up selling um, and, and where we saw value. I thought we were pretty tight on budget in terms of where I think it could have gone, mm-hmm. um, but the price guide was significantly under where I thought that level was at. So thinking that first-home buyers can be influenced by a price guide quite a lot, thinking that, they're probably going to want to open the bidding at that level or below the level of the price guide that was that was given. Um, I went in with an opening bid, um, uh, $10,000 below our budget. Yep. Wow. And, and we got it. Yeah, as a one-off. Uh, no, so, so then someone came with $1,000 on top. Yep. I did 5000 on top of that and, and we secured it. And yeah, wow. so that was below um, what some of the direct comparables in the area were. And the agent himself also thought that it was going to go longer than that. And that was proven in that once the bidding stopped on my second bid, that they had to speak to the vendors and they brought the reserve price down. Right. So, so in, in a way, you actually ruined that auction for, <laughs> for the seller and the selling agent. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you've gone into, you know, being guided by, I guess, a, a, the price guide and thinking of where your limit is and, and, and where the bidding you feel might start, because as many, you know, auctions you would have seen, there's people out there that try and do a low ball opening offer. It's never going to bite at that. You know, it's nowhere near the reserve. Yeah. And then you play the auction game of back and forth, getting up to a level which is going to be close to the reserve. Yeah. If we can cut out all of that, then that just adds a lot more strength, uh, stress to the other bidders, especially if they're first home buyers or, or nervous buyers. Um, if we can remove all of that lead up and go straight into the, I guess the hard price around the reserve, yep. um, it can create the you know 
raise the anxiety levels, I guess. Because that's where a pro like yourself has done all of the comparables, right? You've done your uh, core logic reports or whatever they are. You've driven around to the comparables. You've spoken to the agent and you've kind of said, these probably sold for this. You know, the price guide seems a bit low and they might say, yeah, it is probably going to go a lot more. Whereas a first home buyer, unless they've seen that, ANZ ad where you get that little app and it goes oh it's really going to go for this I mean even then that's that's an automated vowel that you it's not really as good as an expert going out and doing the drive buys and stuff that's where you know the first home buyers expecting that price guide to be probably pretty on right but with the comparables you can throw that out the window and you could quite happily be bidding straight away 50 grand more if you know the comparables are there right yeah, yeah, spot on. And, and even anything I guess we can do to put um, a bit of seed of doubt in other bidders' minds always helps as well. So little little things that you can do is get to the auction early, introduce, chat with the agent, with the auctioneer. Um, if you're making, when you're making your first bid, using the auctioneer's first name. Oh, you yes. Know, sometimes that can just put a little bit of seed of doubt. Sometimes, you know, if I go to the auction, I'll, I'll dress like a real estate agent as yep. well. So bit of seed of doubt of thinking, well, who's this guy? Is he, is he a real estate agent? Is he linked with them yeah. using the auctioneer's name? Um, many cases where the auctioneer I've, I've had where we'll say, oh, thanks, Jay, just for everyone's, you know, knowledge, Jay's actually a buyer's agent and he's representing a buyer here. He's not linked with such and oh, such. You put them so, in that position where you want it to look rigged and then yeah. you've done so good at that that they're having to say, he's not with us, right? <laughs> Um, and even other things, looking at the other bidders, even down to things like um, in some cultures, the number four is considered a very unlucky number. Mm-hmm. So in, there's been cases where I've done bids like 944,444. Right. <laughs> now, if, yeah. if, you, if you can start creating a bit of, you know, doubt or bad energy or, you know, some unlucky thoughts. Yeah some of your other your, your competitors you know that that can um have quite a bit of influence you've just taken an absolute toilet on the feng shui of the auction now <laughs> i now i said before that you ruined the auction that's of course from one perspective but your perspective and your aim and your goal is your client's goal right and from their perspective You've won it. You've dominated. You, you, you've absolutely done everything that you could in their power to get a property where you didn't necessarily have the, the money to just chuck it at it, right? And someone could have been there that, that, that did do it or, or was able to do it and, and maybe they had the money in their back pocket. They just didn't do it because they thought you were going to go a, a lot higher. And that's where I kind of see so much value in someone like yourself. It is not a level playing field when it comes to an auction, right? Yeah, and um, I've, I've signed up quite a bit of business post-auctions um, from other bidders attending an auction who have come up to me afterwards, asked for a business card and whatnot. So it, I think it certainly shows that, you know, going in with um, being able to be dynamic with, with your approach and your strategy and change on the fly as needed, but, but going in with, you know, really thought out process and the way you're going to um, approach it mm. certainly carries a lot of weight. 
for for people that perhaps uh, see their their dream property coming up for auction, they don't think there's the budget for a buyer's agent in there. I mean, I've already sort of pleaded the case for buyer's agents, and I think the the value is definitely there. But if if someone is uh, bidding for themselves, what are your what are your top tips for people to be able to try and use these strategies that that you've used successfully to secure properties? Yeah. Look- Number one would be work out your ceiling price or what I call the walkaway price. And, and when I explain that to, to clients, I typically say, what's your walkaway walk price? And what I mean by that is if it sells for $5,000 more, you're happy you walked away. Yep. You need to draw that line in the sand and then we can do another limit of where your comfort level is. But it's really important to think of those numbers the day before, the week before, whenever it is, when you can think clearly and logically about it rather than being caught up in the the heat and the hype of the auction. Yeah. And then you start thinking about, you know, what you can sell at home to come up with the extra cash. Yeah. So uh, working out your ceiling price. Second one would be to arrive early at the auction. I always try and be the first person to register to bid. And the reason I do that is then I can watch the registration table and basically count how many people register after me yep. and who they are. Right. Third is strategy. So um, what strategy or what strategies do you have up your sleeve if bidding goes really fast and aggressive or if it's slow and, and in small increments? Think about how you can approach different situations rather than trying to, to make it up on the fly. Yep. Um, Controlling the pace of bidding increments, you want to control the pace. Don't let the auctioneer or the other bidders control it. When it's going fast, you want to slow it down. When it's slow, you want to speed it up. You want to make everybody else feel uncomfortable. And then the uh, the last one would be um, pay attention to body language. It's I think auctions are, are very much like playing poker. You're going to look for tells, signs from the other people. Um, the more you can... Uh, watch the other bidders, the more information you can get, which can help you with your own bidding. Um, and people do give a, a lot of telltale signs off. That's um, absolutely awesome advice. And just on that last point, I know for industry people like yourself, there's actually platforms where you can go and watch auctions, right, for, for training and that sort of stuff. Is that accessible to your, to your average person are there ways that you can you know without having to watch the block or something are there ways that you can watch auctions and and train yourself yeah so for for years i used to um look at all the auctions around me and um go and attend auctions just for the sake of attending auctions just to just to learn but now there's the online platforms um so a lot of the auctions are done uh online um and i still watch them now so if i'm between inspections or if i'm working in the office a lot of times I'll bring an auction up and just just watch it. Um, just seeing how different auctioneers run their auctions and control auctions, different situations. It's um, the more you can prepare yourself and familiarise yourself with an auction scenario, the less intimidating it's going to be on the day. And you can probably find out who the auctioneer is and maybe chase down some of their, their previous things. So when it yeah. comes to buying at auction i mean there's it depends where you are of course but there's not that many properties under half a million a million dollars out there right so dedicating a day a week a month 
of your time can can really pay dividends, right? So um, that that's some really good advice. Jay, it's always an absolute pleasure getting you on. Hopefully we've nailed the audio this time, but those are some amazing tips. I, I think it, it really does go to show the expertise that a buyer's agent brings to the table, um, but those tips are, are definitely accessible for everyone to use. So thank you very much for sharing your wisdom again today. Thanks, Mike. Always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, look forward to the next one. Cheers.